So I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> God damn! How's that going for you? I hope you'll join me. <laughs> I'm trying. Oh my god, it's going great. It's going so great. I don't know how great it's going to go for this podcast episode, but we'll make it work. Well, you're reading first, so hopefully Thanks. you'll still be able to read for <laughs> your timid for your time. It's you might be drunk for my timid. Okay, listen, I started drinking at like 4.50 because I was like, yeah. it's close yeah. to five. It's fucking close and we're all quarantined. Yeah. So fuck you, I'm drinking. I'm doing like the daytime countdown. Like I have yeah. to be a mom for a couple more hours, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't be drunk mm-hmm. until a couple of years in. So I'll be that special kind of drunk that makes me a better mom because <laughs> I'm drunk. Exactly. I'm more fun. <laughs> all right. So tell me your goddamn errand. Well, are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Oh my god, I'm super excited now. I I was just like, man, it's gonna be whatever, but you're super pumped, so let me hear it. I got a new video game. <gasps> yes. I got Subnautica. Ooh, girl, tell me about it. Are okay. you into water? Are you into seas? Is yeah. it like sphere? Are there aliens that are also jellyfish? All of the things. <gasps> All of those things. How did I know that? I don't know because I didn't tell you about it, did I? No, so. not at all. <laughs> I literally don't know anything about it. I've just seen the movie Sphere because it's one of my faves. Oh. And then you said subnautical, so, you know. No, subnautica. So, okay, oh, sub, whatever. you're below Under. nautica in the yeah. uh, water. Okay, so you're <laughs> in the nauticals. You're a dude, and you crash land on an alien fucking water planet, and <gasps> then your ship is like a fucking flame over there in the wreckage, and you're in like a tiny little escape pod. Mm-hmm. And you have like it's not Penny's boat. You didn't watch Lost. I did watch Lost. I don't oh, remember did. that. Yeah. Ugh. Then you didn't watch Lost. I mean, oh. it was like eight Whoa. years ago. <laughs> I think it might have been like thirteen years. Ago. <laughs> it might have been that. Actually, I started rewatching it recently because of quarantine, and then I stopped Jesus. again. But Ugh. I only got like Ugh. four episodes in, and I was like, yeah. I know what happened. It was good, but I remember Purgatory, it. Purgatory, <laughs> goddammit. Yeah. <laughs> okay, tell me about Subnautica. Okay, so you're like stuck on your little fucking escape pod, right? And you have to like swim underwater and stuff and like collect fucking coral. coral. Yeah. Oh, it's like I know. And like metal wreckage from your ship and then you get yeah. like titanium and then you have to make tools. Ooh. It's like Minecraft on an water. alien planet underwater. Yeah, and then it became nighttime and I was like, holy shit okay so i have a fear of the ocean <laughs> why'd you play this game i don't Are know lantern fish no those no those there's peepers and they have like one giant eye so you'll just see oh. them swim by and you're like well okay Ugh. that's fucking terrifying don't like that and then there's spooky shit like sand sharks and fucking stalkers Ooh. and then they attack Ooh. you and you're like i got hit i don't know i don't get it i don't like it <laughs> So you try and swim back to your fucking boat and you have to like breach up for air every once in a while to be like, I need to breathe, right? Yeah. Ooh, girl, it has taken up like 24 hours of my time in like a three day span. Bless your soul. You get to play video games again. Yeah. And now my kid, because someone that I used to work with that I no longer fucking work with because we don't work. He yeah. he was like, you should play this game. It's a lot of fun. And I was like, you're dumb. Ooh. And then we quarantined and I was like, I want a video game. And then I remembered it and I was like, oh, fuck, I should play that game. And then Let I told him, it out. I told him that I was playing it 
And I, he's like, wow, cool. What part did you get to? Blah, blah. And I told him. And he's like, how do you have the time? Because he has a <laughs> toddler too and not a baby. And I was like, oh, I don't. I'm being a bad mom. Like, <laughs> like I'm ignoring them to accomplish these goals, these frivolous goals that no one will ever give me anything for or about. Exactly. I just want to say I finished the game. Like nap time, I play all through nap time. Bedtime, I play fucking until midnight. And then after the kids wake up from nap time, now my kid will come downstairs and he'll be like, mom, go underwater. And I'm like, yes, baby. You got it, Tuts. <laughs> I cannot refuse oh my you. Gosh. I think I texted you this week. That was like my big parenting goal was like my kid suddenly thinks that Minecraft is cool and fun. And yeah. like he'll just name random shit like, mom, make me a lawnmower. And I'm like, start up Minecraft, bitch. We're going to make a goddamn lawnmower. <laughs> I just fucking make it up. And the whole time I'm like, well, in order to make a lawnmower, we have to go into this cave. <laughs> and he's all about it. He's like, yeah, get the parts for the lawnmower. And then I'm like, here's some dirt that I shaped into a lawnmower. And also, I fucking added a lever so you can, like, you know, turn it on. Yeah. And he's like, that's not that's not what I wanted, Mom. No, he loves it. He loves it. So Lee and I have successfully tricked him into thinking that we're actually all playing together. Yeah. Yeah. Do you give him a controller that's not plugged in? Like a yes. real fucking big brother move? Yes. Yes, yes we do. That's perfect. All right. Well, give me your goddamn... Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> I could give you a million, which is why I'm <laughs> drunk right now. But that's okay. We'll just stick to just one. So as we all know, my floors are getting repaired. We're doing some shit. I'm living back in my house. I am almost about to have some flooring. Life is going to be great in like fucking three short weeks. But in Ooh. the meantime, there are still some minor repairs happening. Mm -hmm. And those minor repairs include... Like, random people coming into my house masked up for safety. That's good. And they're just, like, shooting epoxy into random cracks <laughs> to be like, and and we'll come back in three days and we're going to sand this down so it'll be nice and smooth. And in the meantime, don't step there because it's sticky and it's epoxy so it'll never come off, right? And you're like, cool, I have a toddler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to get everywhere. So we've been living that life like here and there. Like every few days they're like do something and then they'll see something else and they're like we'll be back for that in like three days. And you're like all right fucking sick. I'll wait three days before I pick flooring out. Like I'm waiting for all the shit to get done before I can like do like, anything. Yeah come, come in three weeks yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So today was like the last official day of all the work. Nice. And the guy was just supposed to, I know, the guy was just supposed to come and like sand some shit down so everything was level because when you shoot epoxy in or when you lay fucking cement, it could be like wibbly wobbly fucking wonky donkey. And they're like, we want that shit smooth sailing. Mm -hmm. So he was coming to like sand some shit and for whatever reason, he shot some more epoxy and some more fucking cracks or <laughs> holes or whatever. And then, so the rule was like, just don't walk on that side of the house for like six hours. And I was like, sick. I got this. It's cool. Oh, God. fine. We had, like, <laughs> baby, yeah. We had baby gates up. We had doors shut. Like, nobody was touching that epoxy. I was in that room, but I was, like, stepping over it. I was being super careful. Mm-hmm. So I have a dog named Goober. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and Goober is a Pomeranian Bichon mix. He's an itty-bitty little shit. 
Yeah, itty bitty little shit. And um, before coronavirus hit, he needed a haircut. Like, this mm. is a long-haired dog, and I keep him short and tight. <laughs> like, yeah. that's how he needs to live his life, because his long-ass hair gets so matted, and he gets poop locks, and it's so bad. And his little hair so, gets in his little eyes, and he can't oh, see where he's going. Can't see shit. Yeah, so it's been bad. All right, so uh, coronavirus hit, and when it hit, was like, I was already a month overdue for getting a goddamn dog's haircut. But I was like, listen, coronavirus is only going to last like a week or so, yo. We're cool. I'll yeah, just, it'll be fine. I'll just schedule him to get his haircut then. Well, we're still in coronavirus, and his hair is really fucking bad. Like, it's matted everywhere. Aww, like, his little baby is matted to his belly. Aww. His, like, armpits are matted in. Like, they're bad. Like, you touch the dog, and you can't even touch his skin because it's just mats. Like, he has so much goddamn fur. Yeah. And I've been kind of ignoring it. Like, okay, it's okay. Like, next week, maybe it'll open up, and I can get him fucking groomed, and I'll pay the extra $20 to demat the goddamn dog whatever the fuck it is i'll do it right like i'm a great dog mom even though i feel awful right now yeah well my fucking precious little being walked right through the epoxy that was super wet of course he did (laughs) like there are paw prints all over the floor of epoxy fucking goober paw prints and that's not even my concern. Like, I don't give a fuck if the floor is level or not. But now his little hairy ass paws are matted down with epoxy. <gasps> oh, no. Because he stepped in it. And that shit doesn't just wash off. It's epoxy. Yeah. But we found out about it while it was still kind of tacky and wet. Like, we realized. Yeah. And so I scooped him up and I got little scissors. We have little tiny haircutting scissors for, like, cutting Lee's hair. Because I cut his hair. <laughs> that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> But so I was, like, clipping out the, like, matted-in epoxy shit between his little pads, which, thank fuck, I found it before it dried because there was a lot. Oh, poor baby. I know, and then I started, like, searching his little body, and there were so many foxtails and everything on him <laughs> that I was like, I'm going to give him a haircut. Like, that's what it... My yeah. dog got a COVID haircut. Like, that's my goddamn... <laughs> my dog just got a COVID-19 haircut. It's so bad. He's so choppy. He looks (laughs) fucked up, but he feels so much better. I spent an hour cutting this dog's hair. Oh my god! With a pair of scissors. Oh my god! Weenie knots I cut away from that dog. Don't you have buzzers? Yeah, but his hair was so matted, you couldn't run buzzers through that. Like you, I had to chop through the mats and then like pull them out with my finger and then chop closer to his skin. Like it was bad. Poor baby. Oh, it's the worst I've ever seen it. But he looks raw. <laughs> but he was stoked. Like I had him up on the kitchen counter, like cutting him up. Like I was fucking Edward Scissorhands and that shit. Like he's just flying everywhere. And Lee's like, "Uh, oh, you did okay? I'll just pick up." Like he was picking up the fur as I went. Thank God, because there was so much fur. This dog is literally all fur. He's yeah. the tiniest little dog ever. He's a little fluff ball. Oh my God! It took me an hour, and then. He looks so rough, but I set him down on the floor to be like, and now you're free. And he was stoked, like, Mom, I feel great. Like, let's run. He's probably running all over the place. Here, yeah. (laughs) I can feel my skin. Poor dog. Jesus. Poor little man. (laughs) Yeah, but he feels like a million bucks now, and my dog has a COVID-19 haircut, and I'm kind of thinking about getting myself a COVID-19 haircut. So we'll see what happens in the next week or so. Listen, we can wear masks. I will cut your fucking hair. Should we twitch it? (laughs) 
Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. That'd be fun. We could cut your hair and I'll fucking dye it some super fun color and give I'm you- I'm so down. What do you want, a perm, baby? I got you. Let's do it. And and while you're doing it, I will tell you a murder story. <laughs> yeah. Or you can just read what people are saying about it on Twitch and then That's respond to it. And then I'll be like, oh, what? Cut her bangs shorter. You got it. <laughs> I'm in. Oh, my God. And we'll finally get some validation because we'll read this, the fucking comments as it's happening. Exactly. Oh, man. That'd be fun. I don't know how to do any of those things. I don't know how to cut hair. I don't know how to perm hair. And I don't know how to dye hair. But I'm in to do it all. I'll watch so many YouTube videos. Girl, I got you. I trust you. <laughs> I hope Sarah's listening. <laughs> She's vomiting right now. She's like, don't touch her hair. God damn it. They're going to touch their hair, aren't they? <laughs> yep. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. I'm going to tell you about James Wolcott. Wolcott. Got it. Wolcott. In 1967, James Wolcott was 15 years old, and he lived in Georgetown, Texas, with his parents, Gordon and Elizabeth Wolcott. All right. James's father, Gordon, was a professor at the Southwestern University, and he headed the university's biology department. And his mom was super active in the town's religious community. So she was religious, stay-at-home mom, and his dad was like, I'm super smart and like fucking biology and shit, right? All right. Sounds like a good fucking parent. Stable household. Yeah. Exactly. James also had a 17-year-old sister by the name of Libby who attended Georgetown High School. And on <laughs> August 4th, I'm just going to jump right into life. Are you ready? Yep. On August 4th of 1967, James and Libby had attended a rock concert, and they returned home around 10 p.m. Okay. How old is James? Great question. 15. Oh, okay. (laughs) I was like, he's hanging out with his little sister, or what's going on here? Got it. Older sister. Yeah. Yeah. She was 17. He was 15. Got it. Okay. So August 4th. James and Libby, they go to a rock concert together, which, you know, pretty fucking awesome. I don't know what rock concert it was, but they come home, mm-hmm. and around midnight, James decides to get high by sniffing some airplane model glue, which who doesn't? <laughs> I mean, he's 15. He can't just go to the dispensary. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's like the 67, so there is no dispensary. But they it's had like- pot. <laughs> Yes, yes, but it's like Carl on the corner. Yeah, that's true. That's true. (laughs) And he didn't know Carl yet, so he was like, I'm going to sniff some glue. Yeah, all right. Sounds like a good time. Exactly. So he does that, and then he proceeded to grab a twenty-two rifle, and he walked into the family living room where his father was reading a book about civil rights that was called The Fire Next Time. (laughs) Okay. I felt the need to inform you of the name of the book. Mm-hmm. And James shot his father twice right in the chest, killing Jesus. him instantly. With yeah. a twenty-two rifle? Sure enough did. I mean, is listen. Is that like, is that like incomprehensible I, uh, <laughs> in terms of the rifle community? <laughs> <laughs> Not with a twenty-two. I mean, we have a twenty-two rifle and I use it to shoot things like aluminum cans because it literally goes... Like, like it doesn't sound gun? like a gun. It sounds like a BB gun. Well, he did it. I mean, I guess it's still a twenty-two. 
Well, maybe he hit some important things. I mean, your chest is filled with important stuff. So maybe. All right. Like, that's where I keep all of my important things. I'm buying it. It's just a 22 rifle is the thing that I played with as a kid. So, so it sounds like you had a way better childhood than me. <laughs> I had a fucking BB gun that you had to, like, pump. Mm. And it would get embedded in your skin, which would suck. But you could just pop that shit out like a fucking nasty pimple and move on (laughs) and by the way you're not supposed to point guns at people so there's that no that's true and that was a big thing in our life Mm -hmm. well he point he pointed them at his father Mm. (laughs) and then he pulled the trigger and it killed him oh that sucks his poor dad i know he was just reading a fucking book about civil rights his poor dad was doing some boring shit right before he died it wasn't even like ah flames and glory it was like no i'll read about their flames and glory yeah what's the book called flames and glory stuck it to the man yeah yeah well i don't even know if they're sticking it to the man in terms of civil rights they were just like yo bro i'm human too (laughs) yeah yeah which side was he reading about not quite sure never read the book and i probably won't Weird. So then James continues on into his sister's room and then he shoots her in the chest and the face and ends up killing her with his measly 22. <laughs> First Rifle. of all, Jesus, dude, you just had a good time with your sister. That's what's so weird is like they just went to this concert together and then he sniffs fucking one tube of glue and he loses his goddamn mind goes and kills his dad and kills his sister i don't know for a fact if i've ever been to a concert with my brother but i feel like if you go to a concert with your brother you have a pretty that's a bonding yeah you have a pretty decent relationship with them like hey man you want to do this thing with me like we both bond over the same kind of music even if you don't really hang out the whole time it's just like right cool and i feel like the concert was like the grateful dead or some shit so it's like even deeper yeah bonding right Yeah, a rock concert. You don't know which concert it was? No, I don't know. I didn't look. I didn't dig. Shut up. Half-baked research. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Welcome to I Said Goddamn. (laughs) Truth. Oh, God. Okay, so he ends up killing his sister, and then he walks into his mom's bedroom, and you can imagine what he does there. Mm -hmm. He ends up shooting her twice in the head and once in the chest. Jesus. Then he hides the rifle in the attic crawl space in his bedroom closet, and he runs out of the house in a tizzy, because <laughs> he's fucking tizzied up from this shit. I guess. He's real dizzy from the glue. <laughs> I don't know, but he runs out, like, fucking flustered as hell, and he flags down the first car that he could find, and inside there was three college students, and in, like, a total fucking panic, he tells them, like, yo, someone just murdered my entire family. Like, some help. Right? Yeah. So they quickly go to James's house, and there they find the disease. Oh, not the disease. <laughs> the COVID, <laughs> the COVID distraught family. <laughs> no. Okay, and so there they find the deceased bodies of Gordon and Libby, which is our his dad and sister, right? Mm-hmm. But they realize that James's mom was still alive. Uh oh. And so they call an ambulance right away. Evidently, this was like pre-911, so you had to know the fucking ambulance's number. Yeah. And so they call them right away. And the whole time they're waiting for the, like, ambulance to arrive, James is just, like, out on the front porch. And he's, like, pacing and making this huge scene. And he's screaming out random things like, how could this have happened? And he's being super dramatic. Mm-hmm. I know how it could happen. 
James. Yeah, you with a 22. Yeah. <laughs> it was you in the kitchen and the bedroom and the living room with the 22. Yeah, the whole, the whole goddamn house and your whole family. Yeah. So the college kids start to realize, like, oh, shit, the killer that just killed these people could potentially still be in this house. Like, we don't, they don't know that it was actually James, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're like, the guy could still be here. We need to get the fuck out of here. And so they flee the scene. With James? Or were they like, deuces, bitch? No, they were like, deuces, bitch. And James is like, it's cool. I'll hang out here and risk it. I don't fucking know what he said, but. (laughs) No, I'm pretty sure the killer left. (laughs) I feel pretty safe here. I saw him leave on foot in that direction. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Yeah. So they flee and they're all spooked, right? Mm -hmm. So the ambulance arrives and they take Elizabeth to the hospital, which is his mom. And unfortunately, she didn't survive the night. And she dies in the hospital early that morning. Well, goddamn. Yeah. So the police are like, hey, James, we're pretty fucking suspicious of you. And a Texas Ranger, which is probably Walker, Texas Ranger himself. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) (laughs) He asked James point blank if he had murdered his family. Yeah. And James was like, yeah. (laughs) That's literally it. James was like, yes, sir. (gasps) And then led the investigators to the home, explaining in great detail what had occurred, and even brought them to the stash murder weapon in the attic of the crawl space of his fucking closet, right? Was like, oh shit. Uh, you caught me. <laughs> like, I'm going to instantly give myself over. Well, I mean, good. But also, damn, kid, lie for longer. <laughs> Whoa, yeah. Okay, so. When the police asked, like, why did you murder your entire family? Yeah. (laughs) I have a question. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) When they asked that, he said that he had hated his family because his mom was a loud eater and would chew her food so obnoxiously that he would have to leave the room. Okay. So that's why he hated his mom. But, like, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, who doesn't have that one person in their life, but you don't act out on it? No, you shouldn't act out on it. And that's a horrible thing. But like, you've all thought it where you're like, yeah, like, whoa, really? You can't close your mouth or what? Yeah. You eating an apple right now? Yeah. Seriously? What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Ugh. Uh, Okay. Well, evidently, he found that like murdering grounds. Mm -hmm. Uh, His sister was because she annoyed him with her big Texas accent. Like, she had an accent? I don't fucking know. By the way, his sister was, like, supposed to be, like, valedictorian of her high school or some shit. Like, she was super popular, well-loved, and I guess had a big Texas accent. And he was like, don't like that. I'm out on that. I mean, you live in Texas, though. Yeah. Who doesn't? Like, he probably has a big Texas accent. Yeah. And then his father, his father wouldn't let James be himself and forced him into cutting his, quote, hippie hair. Mm. And would not let him wear any anti-Vietnam propaganda, like the little fucking buttons and shit that were like, fucking fuck war, you know? Yeah, yeah. And he wasn't allowed to attend any peace rallies, so he was like, dad's got to go too. Yep, I want to be myself, and my family is not a part of that, so later, losers. Which is a horrible thing to say. I'm drunk, so (laughs) don't judge me later. (laughs) So he was a real dick, and he killed them all. How about that? That's like a more respectable thing to say there you go wow okay so yep Mm -hmm. dad was just being a typical fucking 70 dad yeah 1967 dad yeah yeah. being like hey don't fucking i don't think i would let my kid 
protest shit now. I'd be no. Like, no, man. At 15? Yeah, you're just going to get arrested or whatever, like in some kind right? of trouble. Like, you don't know what you're standing up for. Even if I believe in the thing that you're trying to stand up for, I'd be like, no. Not today. Yeah. yeah. Just cool it. Just do it from the home. Yeah. You can do it on your fucking keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> but this is 67, so maybe, you know, like, you know, how, yeah. you know, like, more grown up then they were forced to grow up faster i don't know i get it though like i grew up with a dad that wouldn't even let me wear like pjs to school on the day that it was like pj day so yeah because that's what you wear to sleep you hussy yeah what are you gonna (laughs) show everybody your fucking vomit pj pants yeah pj bottoms you're just gonna show them to everybody these cursed pj bottoms (laughs) who will desire you then I mean, yeah, yeah. My dad wasn't around. <laughs> so, you know, there's that also. I sound you like know? a battered child, but that's, yeah. it's not the case. But, uh, yeah, so he didn't really It was have a, a blessing say. in your case. Oh, it, it was. Yeah, it was nice. God, I did mean, your dad listen? Because he's pretty awesome. He is awesome. I actually love him a lot. And mm-hmm. he lives in Texas now, and I'm hoping that he gets a big Texas accent. <laughs> I hope so, too. Yeah. Okay, so there were, like, a ton of psychologists that were like, we're going to interview your ass because you just murdered your whole family, and you're 15 years old, and you had a decent childhood. Like, there's nothing weird going on in your life other than you huffed some glue, but plenty of people are huffing glue right now, <laughs> and they're not killing their whole goddamn family. So, like, what the fuck is going on, Yeah, right? yeah. Okay, so... He was like, yeah, come talk to me. Turns out I hate my family so much that I contemplate suicide all the time. Ooh, he's got some disorders, right? Yeah, like there was something there was something going on there. Yeah. So he felt that like his family were doing these things almost on purpose or some shit to like drive him insane so that he would go and kill himself. Like mm. it was this weird twisted web. So really he had to kill them first before they killed him through this like i don't want to say like form of abuse but basically that's what he's saying was like they drove me so crazy that i wanted to end my own life so before i kill myself i'm gonna kill them because it's basically self-defense okay so So that's what he's telling the psychologists that's like some kind of psychosis or whatever right like a schizophrenic type of deal yes you're on to something here god damn are you a psychiatrist i mean i've read a lot about murder (laughs) so there's that yeah so they're like you are not feeling well in your brain and he was like yeah i know i've been planning these murders for over a week like the shit has been so bad i just need an out so i've been planning this shit for a while so now it's like premeditated psychosis i don't know what you want to call that (laughs) i mean you could just call it schizophrenia and then maybe he was in like a long-term schizophrenic fucking episode or whatever um but bro you can't do that you just went to a fucking concert with your sister like what the fuck man distance social distance yourself yeah if you hated her so goddamn much social distance yourself exactly or like when mom's having a snack just leave the room (laughs) (laughs) just let her be yeah Okay, so the police interview some of James's friends and they confirm, like, yeah, he's been talking a lot about, like, having some freedom and living a life where no one bothered him. Like, obviously, he never alluded to murdering or anything, but now, in retrospect, it kind of makes sense. Here's the thing, though. If you're 15 
who doesn't say that well that but like if you then kill your parents or whatever or your whole family you're not gonna just be free and to do whatever the fuck you want they're gonna be like yeah all right cool here's your new family hope they don't abuse you you. yeah you don't (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah not a good not a good plan wish somebody would have talked him out of it but they didn't yeah you're not just like immense what's it called emancipated yeah like get emancipated from your parents yeah yeah is that what it's called like divorce it's like divorce i want to say it's emancipated but it sounds like that's the proclamation (laughs) (laughs) i am also thinking of emaciated and that's not it (laughs) when you get it is emancipated i think it is too when you get like emancipated from your parents or whatever you can't do that then though if it's like oh yeah they're just dead now (laughs) Oh, you're going to love the story. Okay. Oh, Lord. Yeah, it gets interesting. Okay. So he's like, you know, they interview some of his fucking friends and they're like, yeah, now that you say that, he's been saying some weird shit. I've seen some flags. Yeah. Now it makes sense. So psychiatrists end up diagnosing James as having paranoid schizophrenia, which is where you're going. So you deserve a goddamn degree. Mm -hmm. What's interesting about the diagnosis of paranoid schizophrenia is that there was no family history of mental illness or anything like it's just kind of out of nowhere like they're just like yeah your behavior paranoid schizophrenia on the dot yeah no one else in your family has it you're the first one okay maybe mom was sleeping with the mailman Mm, oh perhaps uh they also determined that he was actually really intelligent and that he was competent to stand trial as an adult oh shit that sucks for him dude dude was super smart like they were talking about they went into his room and they found all his fucking bookshelves and shit and it was all full of like poetry and you know everything that nobody wants to know anything about you and it was like goodwill hunting where he had solved the math equation on the board exactly like fucking a beautiful mind (laughs) shit was happening Yeah. yeah yeah so he was basically a genius but also turned out to be a paranoid schizophrenic okay Happens. Okay. Happens. So obviously his defense was that he was insane at the time that all the shit went down, right? Mm-hmm. And so he pleads insanity and it fucking works. Uh-oh. And in October of 1967, the jury found James not guilty <gasps> by reason of insanity. This case was actually an anomaly in the Texas courts. Because fucking Texas is like roast him, fry him, kill him, right? Yeah, yeah. But I guess, I mean, in general, as we know, it's almost impossible to prove mental illness is so severe that it proves that the killer had no appreciation for what he was doing, like, at the time of the murder. Mm -hmm. Like, it's super hard to prove that. Yeah. But somehow in this case, they proved it. Okay. And he fucking was found not guilty. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So they're like, okay, he's not guilty for the fucking murder. He had no idea that he was killing them. But he still needs help. So they sentence him to live in the Rusk State Hospital, which is basically a psych ward, right? Mm-hmm. Until he was deemed sane, meaning that his incarceration basically rested in the hands of psychiatrists. Yeah. So whenever they said, like, you're good to go. So there's no end date either. It's just like, exactly. good luck yep. here. Yep, whenever somebody says, like, you're chill, come back out and, like, join us frolicking in the meadows, then you can come frolic. But he's really smart, so he could be like, I'm totally cool, everything's fine. Right? 
Right. Okay, so it turns out the time he spent in the institution wasn't always in confinement around the clock because some of the psychiatrists that he was working with didn't really believe that James should actually be there. Hmm. And I don't know if it was like they were like, you didn't commit that crime or if they were like, you're not really insane. I don't know this like how, why they didn't believe that he should be there. But they were like, he didn't deserve incarceration. So they invited him to live at their own home. Oh, Lord. With their family. Oh, Lord. And they signed up to be his surrogate parents. Like, yeah, we'll vouch for you. Jesus, take the wheel. This guy's going to fucking murder another family. Oh, my gosh. What a bad idea. So in 1974, James is 21 years old. And his psychiatrists deem him legally sane again and he had somehow remarkably recovered from this terrible state of mind and he was released so he didn't kill anyone okay that's good <laughs> he that's didn't good kill any families like you were predicting uh-huh they were like nah you've been chill like you're cool everything's good Go frolic in the meadows yeah. exactly this is only seven years after murdering his entire family that they were like seems fine to me <laughs> Yeah, no, everything checks out, boss. <laughs> like, he's been living with my toddler for the last two years and hasn't murdered them yet. Oh, my God. So there's that. What the fuck? Okay. So this guy is, like, my dad's age, just cruising around. Yep. Just out there. Well. Okay. okay let me okay, tell you go this on. Shit. So because he was the only living survivor of his family. Oh, Lord. He received his parents' full estate. And he received a monthly payment from his father's university's pension. So he got like a full ride. Ugh. Like he was in prison for the prime years of your life, right? Yeah. Or prison being the institution. Like he was cooped up, even though he was living in someone's house. You couldn't go get a job, right? Like you couldn't establish yourself. Yeah. In the prime years of his life until he's 21. And then all of a sudden he gets like this fucking pension landed into his lap on a fucking monthly basis. Oh, my God. But Go live your life. Also, Go do what you want. Uh, what is the prime years of your life? Because when I was 21 to, <laughs> I don't know, 30, I was fucking living it up. It was a great time. <laughs> True. I'm in my prime now. Yeah, exactly. And I always will be. But I mean, I guess I mean, like, during the time that you'd be establishing, like, what I want to do with my life, right? Yeah. Like, those were the years that you were like, let me try this out. Nope, not doing that. Yeah. Let me try this one out. Nope. Well, he lost those by sitting in an institution, and you have to imagine it's going to be hard to go get a job after that, right? Like, by the way, murdered my whole family back there. Sorry about it, but can I have a job? Yeah. And he's going to be like, no. But also, he just traded that fucking time and experience or whatever for a fucking full-ride pension. Well, that's the thing is, like, I'm sure... Well, I don't know if he was expecting it or not, but, like, that had to be a fucking nice little Easter egg to come out of fucking... <laughs> imprisonment or whatever you want to call it right. like hey yo by the way your dad worked his ass off his whole life to give you this even though you murdered him wow yeah it's crazy that would suck so hard okay so i'm gonna make a pension. will that says like if my kids kill me they don't get yeah. shit not donate it to the goddamn church and then they'll be like she didn't even believe in god and i'll be like yeah because you fucking That's killed me. what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So he has this pension, right? And he's like living the fucking high life. Yeah. 
Uh, he moves to Austin, Texas, and he enrolls in a college where he earned his bachelor's degree in psychology. Oh, Jesus. He changes his name to James David St. James. <laughs> <laughs> it's really creative. Yeah, and in ni- in the 1980s, he went on to get his master's degree, and he began his doctoral work in psychology. Okay. And then in 1988, he even got a job working as a university professor teaching psychology at Millican University. Mm-hmm. And students were like, how do you even know? And he's like, I murdered my whole family. That's how I know the self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus. Okay, well, obviously he left that little detail out about, like, murdering his whole family. Yeah. He, like, left that shit out on the application. Like, hey, by the way, I murdered my whole family. I was institutionalized 20 years before all this shit. But, like, you know, it's cool. Hire me as a teacher. Yeah. Dude, fucking students now would have this guy's dirt out so quick. Well, that's what happened. In 2013, a journalist uncovered James's past and published an article revealing that he had actually murdered his whole goddamn family. Oh, my God. And no one batted an eye. (gasps) Like, the university was like, yo, he's been a professor for this long, and he's been chill as fuck. Like, (laughs) we're not going to do anything about it. He hasn't even murdered anyone here, so. Not even one murder since he has joined the team. You're going to need. So we're going to call that a win. You're going to need to get off the campus. This is private property. So we need you to leave. exactly they're like no man he's been cool and he's so smart in psychology because he won a fucking lawsuit back there where he murdered his whole goddamn family and got away with it i mean listen like if i worked with a person for like 20 years and i really liked them and like thought they were chill and everything and then you were like yeah he murdered his whole family 20 years ago (laughs) i might be like that that was was a different him that was then (laughs) yeah This is now. Don't live in the past. I'm not just shitting you, Aaron. That is what everybody did. All of, like, everybody, all of the campus police friends, like, even fucking Karen of the campus mm-hmm. was like, nah, he's cool. Like, not like our David. Yeah, exactly. They were like, not even once has he murdered a single soul. He's just a gentle giant, so we love him. And then all of the students were like, What? That's crazy. I got fucking high with him on New Year's Eve. (laughs) He didn't even murder me then. That's chill as fuck. (laughs) Like, he's sick. Like, I hung Um, out with a fucking serial killer, technically, because that was three people. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, uh, none of that isn't a a direct quote, but I read a lot of shit. Like, there was an article and then a lot of comments that were like, I smoked pot with this guy on this day. What? And I don't know how valid they are. But it seems like everybody had his fucking back. Oh, geez. Isn't that crazy? That's so, insane. It's insane. So the university let him stay as a professor, even though he lied on his goddamn application. Like, if I fucking scrub toilets at a Sonic, if I lie on my application, I probably would get fired for lying. Yeah. But, like, a professor of psychology got caught lying, and they were like, yeah, but he's pretty chill. So <laughs> we're going to keep him. And... He actually ends up being the head of the behavioral science department at the university. Jesus. Like he fucking heads that goddamn seat. Yeah. And instead of being disgusted by his lies and deceit, everyone's like, cool, he's a poster child for being like a successful fucking after person of this terrible mental illness, right? All right. So he's like, oh, he's totally rehabilitated. 
Yeah, like it's so amazing. Like he ha- overcame this terrible schizophrenia and he ended up having a great life. Oh, geez. Um, but what's interesting is that he no longer exhibits signs of schizophrenia, which is supposedly an incurable disease. Listen, I'm not trying to harp on anyone here. I'm just throwing out the fucking line that I don't believe that he was actually schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. I think he just murdered his whole family because he was huffing glue and he was like, fuck them, I'm going to kill them all. And then he was like, that was really intense back there and that's not the person I am because we've all done something once in our life that we're like, don't want to do that again. Yeah. And I feel like this was his one thing. It's <laughs> a little bit in- more intense than anyone else's, but all right. So, yeah, I don't want to downplay like mental illness because I definitely know somebody who has schizophrenia and they're like near and dear to my heart. So I'm not trying to be like, that's a lame ass excuse, but... They diagnose him with schizophrenia, but today he doesn't exhibit any fucking behavioral issues or whatever, and it's supposedly an incurable disease. Well, could it be like, I mean, you're 15, you're going through puberty and all that shit, where like your hormones are raging and at different levels, and so maybe that's why- decisions of your life. Yeah, Yeah. that's why you test like odd, maybe. And he made a big bad decision. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so I think your brain is firing at all kinds of fucked up ways when you're a teenager. Yeah, exactly. And he obviously hid the gun and shit. So like he knew what he was doing was bad. Yeah. Like there's a couple of, which I guess you could say in schizophrenia, like if you're hearing shit, you're hearing somebody tell you to do stuff and they tell you to hide the gun, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, schizophrenic isn't necessarily that you didn't know what you were doing was wrong. Schizophrenic is more like... Oh, I thought everyone else was going to kill me. And so I was killing them first. And then I didn't want to get blamed for it. So I put yeah. it away. Like that could be so a I thing did too. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. But like he and also I have to say, I don't know if he's like taking any medications. I don't know his fucking, you know. Medical regimen. history. Yeah. Yeah. But like he doesn't exhibit any of the signs today. He's a very successful person. He's like turned his whole goddamn life around. So he could be taking medicine and maybe there is this successful fucking mix of drugs out there that will help it. But it's supposedly incurable. Like I, like I was saying, I, I know somebody with schizophrenia that if you could tell me that goddamn concoction, yeah. I'd love to know. Right. I, to help them. I would love yeah. to give this to someone. Yeah. So like. I'm going to go ahead and guess that he knew what he was doing or he knew his way out of it or he found a fucking old poop hole loophole. Yeah. And worked it out. God and damn. that's why. Yeah. Yeah. And he literally went on to go like study psychology. So you have to say like there's some sort of interest there, right? Yeah. And a journalist like fucking bamboozled her way in to go talk to him because he's not taking any kind of questions, right? Like if you bring it up, he shuts it down instantly because who would fucking talk about it? You got away with murder. Literally got away with murder. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to take any interviews. So this journalist was like, yo, I want to talk to you over lunch or some shit because I want to find some really influential people in the world of psychology. And he was like, fuck yeah, let's talk about it. Oh, Lord. So they go to a little diner, and he's literally got, like, a deadhead sticker on his Cadillac. (laughs) (laughs) Or a trucking bear on his fucking old-ass Ford. I don't know. Anyway, the dude is, like, a hippie. He's got long hair, whatever. Yeah. And she's like, so tell me about fucking your psychology works. And he's, like, chatting away. And then she brings up, like, I dug up into your history in, like, 1967, 
I found some shit on you. And she didn't say anything more than that. And I'm sure she said it a little more professionally. Yeah. And he, like, stopped eating. And he was like, I don't want to talk about it. And she was like, well, I want to write a book on it. Are you okay with it? And he was like, I think it's a waste of your time. And she was like, this is your opportunity to come clean. Like, if all of this shit is real, this is your time to, like, tell us why and what happened. And he was like, I'm not going to talk about it. And that was the end of it. So, well, yeah, why would he? He's free. If you, oh, this is your exactly. time to come clean. No, motherfucker. Exactly. That was I 20 years ago. In court. Yeah. yeah. My time to come clean was 20 years ago. I didn't, and it worked out. So I'm never yeah. coming clean. So he's a genius. Apparently. Goddamn. A sick genius. That's, that's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. So he's still like a professor out there. He's still running around, killed his whole goddamn family back in 67, but turns out we're all cool with it. Could you imagine your psychology professor? Like, I learned Can you imagine from the our, best. <laughs> our psychology professor? Our psychology that- professor was different. <laughs> he was like Uncle Fester. Yeah. <laughs> so welcome back after that debacle. Okay, so some shit just happened. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. Well, I went to excuse myself from my goddamn murder tent in here, and I may or may not have allegedly spilled beer all over my tent. So, yeah, I am no longer so, in the tent. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine when we're fine. So if I sound weird, like a child trapped in a well, that's yeah. why. And I apologize deeply for it, but listen, that fucking tent is filled with beer now, and I don't want it over my body. You can deal. smell like beer. Yeah. <laughs> And after COVID's over, you won't have to deal with these weird anomalies in our goddamn audio. Truth. So there's that. All right. I'm going to tell you about the Issa family. Okie doke. Zayn Issa was a Muslim man from Palestine who was born in 1931. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> We're just going way back. I mean, I guess. It's only 30 years before yours, but all right. <laughs> Listen, that's a lot. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Okay, his family were farmers, and they arranged him to marry his double first cousin. Sounds status quo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what a double first cousin is, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure that it would be frowned upon in Western culture. I'm sure. <laughs> a double first cousin. It's like, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he went on a business trip to Brazil, and he met a woman named Maria Matias. But Zane kept going back to see her, and eventually the two got married in 1963. Here's the kicker. Remember, he Tell was me. already fucking married. <laughs> you can't just go get married again. Uh, you can if you're Muslim. So, he- Oh, that's true. He just didn't tell her that she was his second wife. <laughs> Until after. God damn. Yeah. Man. And he was like, hey, by the way, I hope you don't mind fucking this whole thing right here. So here's my other. <laughs> here's my other ball and chain. Welcome to the collection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and forgot to mention. Yeah. Oh, by the way, you're not cool with that? I thought you'd be cool with it. <laughs> I'm sorry. You seem like you'd be real chill about this. <laughs> you're being really not cool about this all. Yeah. Geez. <laughs> what happened to the cool chick I married? Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't have a lot of details about the family dynamic, like if the first wife is still involved or if she pieced the fuck out or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But here's what I do know. There were seven children. Jesus. But only the youngest one. Survived? No. (laughs) 
kind of, she's going to end up being the star of the show. She's the only one oh. that lived at home. Okay. And her name was Palestina. Kiddo. She was born to Zane and Maria. And the family moved around a lot. They went to like Brazil and Puerto Rico and the West Bank, which apparently is in Palestine. And then they eventually settled in St. Louis, Missouri in 1986. Wow. Wow. What an accomplishment. (laughs) I mean, listen. Take me to St. Louis, Louis. (laughs) Right? I mean, listen, people from St. Louis are probably fucking stoked. Yeah. Happy to be mentioned. We got it. So then Zane became a naturalized U.S. citizen and the family opened a grocery store there like fucking doing good for themselves, right? Yeah, crushing it. And then Palestina, who I said was going to be like the star of the show. Yeah. She was loving it in St. Louis. She had friends who gave her the nickname Tina and she had a boyfriend. Mm. Okay, okay. Unfortunately, somewhere around the age of 14, she and her father, who she used to have like a really good relationship with, they started arguing a lot more, and she was pushing back against his rules quite a bit. Who doesn't? Exactly. For the record, he was pretty against Western slash American culture. Like, yeah. don't fucking be well, one of them. Well, he had two wives, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And she was into American music, like rap and R&B and hip-hop and stuff. Ooh. Yeah. She's like, where's that two-pack shaker? <laughs> exactly and so he was like not thrilled with that right Uh uh-huh and then she really wanted to play soccer but he was like no fucking you're not allowed to do that i don't know you'll have to wear shorts and that's not cool (laughs) i don't know if that was actually his argument but i'm sure that it was close (laughs) yeah but i feel like i'm there yeah exactly but she was eventually allowed to play and then Uh she went to a dance at her junior high school but apparently it was against her against the wishes of her parents and so he sent some of her family members to like go and physically take her home from the Whoa. fucking dance Whoa. yeah yeah so she's like pushing her boundaries and he's like no no no, no. i am not today yeah look at me i am the captain now you cannot do these yeah. things yeah <laughs> and <laughs> i am the captain now. <laughs> i am the captain now you will not go to this junior high dance this eighth grade dance i steer the ship and the winds are not westward. Yeah, the winds are not westward, exactly. So I said that she was breaking her father's rules, but I guess the rules were mostly religion-based. Makes sense, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know a ton about the Muslim religion, obviously, because I don't know a ton about any religion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because haven't studied a single one. <laughs> no, exactly. And I keep picking these fucking religious-based cases. But here we yeah. go. <laughs> you got some deep-seated shit going on over there. Apparently, I'm like, this is so interesting. <laughs> Did you know that you're not allowed to wear shorts? Right? <laughs> I don't know, man. This thing that so many people believe in, and it drives people to kill other people. And I'm like, this. how is yeah. this not? I'm interested. So one of the rules of the Muslim faith is that you shouldn't date anyone outside of the Muslim faith, mm-hmm. which wasn't great for Tina because she was dating no. a boy who wasn't Muslim. Not gonna happen. Slam pickings. And then on top of that, he was black, which okay. her dad was not thrilled with because I guess 
Palestinian businesses had been targeted by black criminals. And so he's just taken out some fucking aggression against the whole goddamn race, right? Yeah, so he was like being super strict dad. Yeah, he was being a super strict dad. And then he had his own prejudices because he was born in fucking 1930. And so I'm not excusing (laughs) his racial prejudices, but... They yep. were there. there. They existed. They existed. Yep. Yeah. So Get it. that's what it was. So her parents were pretty upset that she was dating this guy, right? Mm-hmm. Also, her dad wanted to arrange for her to marry a man from Palestine. Yeah. Sounds status quo. So she's not supposed to be dating someone else anyway, right? Uh, we had an arrangement. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> so then Zane, the dad... Even made phone calls saying that Tina had damaged the honor of their family. Whoa, not the honor. Yeah, and so, <gasps> I mean, listen, he was like fucking. That's deep. All That's in. deep. Yeah. And then on top of all of that, they only wanted her to work in the grocery store, like their ah. grocery store. But she had plans to go to college and become a pilot. Because she's like, oh, fuck this. Your honor will be reignited if you'll let me follow my dreams. Yeah, but I don't think it would be according to their faith because like women aren't supposed to do those things. Do things? Yeah. So she was like, no, I want to go to college. I want to be a pilot. And the dad was like, no, you have to fucking work at home and marry who I tell you to. Right. Yeah. So then in the meantime, she applied to work at a Wendy's fast food restaurant. That was also against her parents' wishes because you can't fucking work in this Americanized, like, super fucking fast food restaurant, right? We got bacon cheeseburgers and Frosties. Get out of (gasps) here. Right? Especially the bacon. Not bacon. Yeah. Yeah. So typical teenage rebellion shit, right? Uh Uh-huh. Well, her dad, Zane, was also a member of the Abu Nidal organization, which at the time was a terrorist organization that was planning to bomb the Israeli embassy in Washington, D.C. Good. Jesus. I was hoping there was somebody with a level head around here. (laughs) So he was like, listen, we got to get these Americans out of here. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck he was thinking. Whoa. Yeah. But he's like, yeah, I'm totally in this terrorist organization. I'm going to fucking kill people. And his youngest daughter is like, I love American culture. I'm going to go work at Wendy's. <laughs> Can you imagine being like, I'm sure she's not like, I love American culture. I'm going to work at Wendy's. She's just like, here's your fucking frosty, bro. I just want my six ten an hour. Literally, yeah. She just wanted a job. And then she liked, yeah. I don't know, hip hop and rap music and stuff. And she wanted to and date a boy t- from her high school, yeah. I'm sure. And so That she thought was cute. Exactly. Like, All the things. He likes me. I like him. Mm-hmm. She wanted to be a typical American teenager. Whoa, bro. Who doesn't? I know, right? You don't want to, you don't want to be that. It's not fun. I mean, not anymore, but I wanted to at one yeah. time. Yeah, me too, but ugh, it's not like Jack and Diane. No, it's not. So the FBI were like, hey, we're going to fucking keep an eye on this guy, right? Like, he's involved in some shady shit. Let's just... Pretty suspicious. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just, let's just keep an eye on this guy. So they mm-hmm. bugged their house. Oh, even better for a teenage girl. (laughs) Right. It was in the hopes that Zane would lead them to other terrorists. Yeah. And then on November 6th, 1989, Tina started her first shift at Wendy's. And when she was finished, her boyfriend walked her home. Oh, my God. She just started. Oh, Oh, yeah. And then on November 7th, 
1989. So the very next day, the FBI yeah. fucking go into work that morning. And they're like, all right, let's listen to all the tapes from the night before since no one was working last night. <laughs> so uh, they listened to the recordings from the night before and they heard Tina come home and her and her parents started arguing and they had just found out that she had the job. So it was pretty heated. Mm-hmm. And they started accusing her of doing something other than working. Like they were pissed originally that Espionage she. Espionage or some shit? Uh, like, no. Being a part of it? They were they were pissed that initially they were pissed that she had the job. Like, how could you fucking work for somewhere else? And then since her boyfriend walked her home, they were like, oh, were you even working? You were probably sleeping around with him. Uh, I'm assuming it went that direction. Gotcha. Like, you hussy. Yeah. Started fucking implying some shit. Right. Yeah. And then they heard Zane say, here, listen, my dear daughter, do you know that this is the last day tonight you're going to die? Whoa. Oh. The fuck? Yeah. And she's like, huh? No. Huh? And her dad says, do you know that you're going to die tonight? This is in a mix of different languages. It's not all in English, but it was translated. Yeah. So it might, like the context might be a little. Yeah. But that was the gist of it was that he's like, this is your last day on this fucking earth and you're going to die tonight. Oh, God. This is all on tape. I don't know if it's online. I didn't look for it. Ugh. But. I mean, this is a murder story, so obviously there is a jury involved in it, and the jury had to listen to it. A lot of the transcript is online, and it goes along the lines of him saying that she's going to die tonight, and then she's confused, and she's screaming, and then she's asking her mom for help, and her mom says, are you going to listen? And she's like, yes, 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 I am. And then you hear coughing, and she says, no, please. And then her mom is like, shut up. And her dad says, die, die quickly, die quickly. What the fuck? Quiet, little one. Die, my daughter, die. What the fuck? And then it gets quiet. And the FBI realized that they just listened to the final moments of 16-year-old Palestina Issa's life. (gasps) Why? So the FBI is like, fuck. fuck? (laughs) Yeah. Wish I could unhear that shit. Fucking right. But they're like, now in this little fucking dilly of a pickle here, where they're like, should we give this over to the authorities and blow our cover and any chance of finding other terrorists? The answer is yes. Uh, yes, they should. Yeah. <laughs> because you yeah. just listened to yeah. someone die. But that's yeah. my opinion. And also, it was theirs. So they did. <laughs> <laughs> so that happened. The tape that they gave them was seven minutes long. Ugh. And the police get to the house and they find Tina dead and they arrest Maria and Zane. What the fuck? Where, like, was she just, like, dead in the room? Did they, like, cover up? Like, why did they do it just because she was fucking, had a boyfriend and living the dream and trying to make some goddamn money? So, I don't know if she was covered up or anything like that, but Tina had been stabbed in the chest multiple times. Ah, no. Yeah. One article said six times and one article said 13 times. So too many. A lot of times. enough. Yeah. Yeah. But she had been stabbed in the heart and the lung and the liver. Mm. Yeah. And this is taken to trial on October 25th, 1991. And Zane claims self-defense. What? Fun fact. (laughs) Tell. Yeah. In other countries where honor killings are more common, they consider them self-defense. 
This was an honor killing? It was an Stop honor it. killing. Why? Well, listen, he tries to claim something else. The route he was going was that Zane said his daughter asked for $5,000. And then when he said no, she grabbed a knife and a meat cleaver and then kicked him in the leg, which apparently he had a previous injury. So it hurt real bad. <laughs> <laughs> Not the leg. Yeah. And so because it hurt real bad. Yeah, it hurt real bad. And so then he was able to like fucking fight the knife back toward her and defend himself from his 16 year old daughter. Did the audio, not to say that that's really what happened, but did the audio kind of meet that? Like, did he try to, like, manipulate it to sound like it could have happened? I think the audio started after that argument would have taken place because the FBI only gave them seven minutes of whatever the fuck they had, Mm. which Mm. also kind of leads people to believe. They said that no one was listening to the, the tapes that night, like no one was on duty at the... I don't know, fucking FBI office that night. Yeah, in the white van. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. In the yeah John's Flowers van. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that kind of made people question whether or not the FBI could have done anything to stop it or prevent it or fucking intervene in it. Because they don't know for sure that no one was there. The FBI was like, yeah, no, no, nobody was listening to it. But then they just hmm. gave them this little clipped seven-minute segment, right? Yeah, that's interesting. So... Like I said, they played the recording in court, and most of the jury was severely affected by it. Ugh. As you could imagine. Who wouldn't be, yeah. They deliberated for four hours, and at one point they even asked to hear the tape again, and the defense was like, do not let them hear it again. We'll fucking lose our asses if they hear it again. Hmm. But obviously they were allowed to, so. Did, did they lose their asses? Oh, yeah. for sure well the jury came back with a guilty plea on both zane and maria and maria was accused not of killing her daughter but for holding her down while her husband killed her ah could you imagine your fucking mother how did they find that out did she like admit it or uh the dad was kind of forthcoming with a lot of it like, he said that the motivation... So he was like, I killed her because of honor killing. No, he was like, I killed her because she asked for $5,000 and then came at me with a knife when she said when I said no. Oh, yeah, yeah. But then I was stabbing her and I was like, just die quickly because, like, I didn't want her to suffer. And then he put his foot over her mouth and that uh, was, like, where she got muffled, I guess, in the tape. Uh, and uh, then she screamed again and then it went quiet. And so it was like, oh no, must have been when his foot came off, I guess. Oh no, I, I would have stopped that shit with a quickness. Yeah, yeah. The I could oh, only no. imagine that fucking poor jury being like, yeah, no, I didn't sign up for this shit. I signed up for, no. I don't know, no. a parking Just ticket. Go work my nine to five. Yeah, yeah. That's terrible. That's awful. Oh my god. So can you tell me where the like honor killing came in? Because he was coming in with like she was attacking me and self defense, right? Like I turned the knife on her and I was like, "Die, my sweet child." Because yeah, I guess that's what I say. Yeah, he. That's what he's claiming, but in like reality and according to Tina's sisters and stuff, like it. He had been calling them before and was like, "Hey." 
she's fucking doing some shit. She's dishonoring the family. She's dating mm. a black guy. She's going working outside. She's going to dances. She's like becoming custom to American culture. And that's not what we're about here. Like she's dishonoring the family. And the daughter, Damn. not the daughter, and one of the sisters, his other daughters, was like, well, if he's going to die because of this, like, he would be honored to to die protecting the Muslim faith. Like, that's just what they believe in. Wow. Yeah. So. Wow. So there's that. So Zane and Maria were both convicted and sentenced to death. And the judge was like, culture is not an excuse for murder. Yeah. Like, whoa. Yeah. And in April of 1993, the FBI tried to get Zane on his terrorist activities as well. But the charges were dropped because he was already on death row. So they're like, I yeah, mean, fucking. Can, uh, <laughs> what else yeah. are we going to get, right? We got it. Yeah. Back him up. <laughs> exactly. And on February 17th, 1997, Zane died from complications of diabetes. Wow. And then Maria appealed and was able to get her sentence reduced to life in prison instead of death since she didn't actually physically kill her daughter. She just held her down. Yeah. While her daughter begged for her life and was like, Mom, please help. She was asked, she was yelling like, Mom, please help me. Please help me. And she's like, help, help what? (gasps) Oh, I hate this story. Yeah. Maria died on April 30th, 2014 at 70 years old from natural causes. Wow. 70? That's pretty young. I don't think they were very natural. I mean, she was living the prison life, so. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Like her natural environment. Yeah, I don't know how conducive that is to like good living, but. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. God damn, that's a shitty story. Isn't it? That's awful. Yeah. Also, as a mom living in quarantine life with a child. (laughs) I mean, listen, like I said on yours, I could get it if someone's chewing super loud and stuff like that. But like, I, I don't, I don't want to be like, I could never see killing my baby. But at the same time, I'm like, he pisses me off. I could never see killing my baby. He pisses me off to no end. And I could never see killing my baby. And I could smooch him in the next second. Exactly. I could never imagine holding my baby down and being like, help you for what? Yeah. Like, I could imagine doing that in timeout. Like, no. Like, if 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 my husband is serving a punishment that I don't see exactly just or equal or whatever, as long as it's not cruel and unusual, which he would never do. Exactly. I am the disciplinary. Like, I am the dick in this room. <laughs> yeah. Like, I am the one who will, like, go overboard. But uh, but even, okay, even if he was gone hard and I had his back on, like, whatever the fuck he was going on, I would never have the back on, like, murder. You know? Yeah, or, like, real physical harm. Like, yeah. Like, no, no, yeah. no. We need to take a step back. Just let them get the fuck, get their shit out of their system yeah. and we'll yeah. fucking recoup in an hour or whatever we'll talk about it we'll sync up um i'm ride or die until it comes to my kids and then you die exactly (laughs) yeah Yeah. there's like insane i i don't know man i don't maybe it's that like the different culture i don't know it could be a different culture thing i mean obviously it is he felt that his honor was more important than his daughter life yeah his daughter's life the one of the daughters That's was insane. saying too that like 
if he hadn't disciplined her in that way, like if he hadn't done what he did, then he would be basically an embarrassment in the Muslim community, like for not for being disrespected and not fucking standing up for himself, I guess. Wow. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm not here to tell you how you should believe in your fucking culture or whatever, but in my brain, that just blows my mind. I just can't believe that that's like still a thing because it seems so archaic. Archaic. Yes, exactly. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like, I know that people in fucking Christianity even like, oh, just cut the baby in half and then we'll split it up or whatever. Like, they also (laughs) how it works. They had some fucking child abuse things. Yeah. When you started this story and you were talking about like, you know, you were kind of joking like uh, she can't join the fucking soccer team because she has to wear shorts or whatever. Yeah. When I was growing up, I knew and I was friends with a family who was super Christian and like the girl wasn't allowed to wear shorts or pants. So she always had to wear a skirt and it was a long jean skirt. So it covered every time she was outside, every part of her body was covered, like all of her skin except for her face Mm -hmm. was covered. Mm -hmm. And she was the nicest lady and so was her family like they were all very nice but that was like their religion they were super strict so i thought that's where like you were going with it but but it's just crazy that i was like 16 at the time when i knew this girl and that is still a thing like it's still a thing in our lives like people are still very strict and they're still like very abide by their religion and what like their their bible says and what their god tells them and all the way so much so that they are willing to like kill their own child to protect that that's insane that's crazy there was one kid on my street when I was growing up and he was my buddy and we were cool and everything was great and he was a lot of fun to hang out with and then I went to his house one time and his parents his mom asked me what religion I was and I said I didn't great question for you well I said I didn't know because I I had never been asked that before and I didn't know Uh that I was atheist or agnostic or anything like that. I just didn't grow up with any kind of religion. My parents weren't like, hey, by the way, some shit's about to happen. In case anybody asks you. Literally nothing. I had nothing. I had been to church with my grandma a couple of times, but I didn't even know what kind of church it was. Like I didn't know what that meant. Yeah. I didn't know that it was a Roman Catholic church or anything like that. Like I had no fucking idea. So she's like, what religion are you? And I said, I didn't know. And then I wasn't allowed back at their house. He wasn't allowed to play with me like we weren't allowed to see each other anymore and it was like dude we were having a good time like that never once crossed into our friendship our my religion or your religion or anything like we were just two kids having a good fucking time and then his mom was like nah fuck off fuck you and then I saw him again in high school and he totally ignored me and I was like bro we could have been good friends (laughs) yeah I was your best friend who was that did we know him uh no I I don't even remember his name I just remember yeah. seeing him at one point and it was like, <gasps> and then he was like, Mm-mm. no, no. <laughs> I was like, all right, sick. Today, no, 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 never. Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, your story got deep quick and that shit was insane. I can't imagine. I know. I can't either. Fuck. Like my kid can really piss me off sometimes. And like yesterday he was in timeout for like fucking 14 minutes because he just would not say sorry. And I was like, bro, I don't want to be mad. And I know you're not having a good time. Like, if you just say sorry, we can get through this. And he was just like, no. And I was like, you are my child. <laughs> yep, this is happening. It cracks me up because you said bro. 
And sometimes I tell these stories to people around me and they're like, do you really call your child bro? And I'm like, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> yes. Sometimes. I'm just like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes he deserves it. You know? Yeah. If you're going to be a bro, you're going to get the bro. Yeah. I call my husband bro sometimes. Like when he's being real yeah. dumb. I'm like, bro. Yeah. Like you can't be serious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That touches deep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Listen. Fucking great story Aaron it touched my feels thanks bro (laughs) (laughs) all right lady sing us out okay so if you want to fucking check out some pictures pertaining to our cases go to isgdpodcast.com and they will be there along with links to our merch and our patreon it only costs as little as a dollar and you get it one entire episode a month from us <laughs> talking about murder and you get uh, access to all of our back episodes yep so that's like at least a year now yeah and a brand new one came out last weekend so get on it it did so fucking get on it it costs you a goddamn dollar how cheap can you be by the way we use that money to make this podcast better and more awesome and greater and so that we can fucking twitch stream this shit because we need a computer to do that (laughs) so we don't have to carry fucking brandon's computer in the rain in the slippery mud like delicately cradling it as if it is the goddamn hope diamond (laughs) yes hope diamond in the abyss of the ocean like don't drop it yeah well also then i feel bad taking away brandon's computer for the night being like good luck fucking yeah watch us that'll be fun for you right later loser (laughs) exactly yeah (laughs) so it helps us fun shit like that so we really appreciate it it's going towards a good cause we legit are not banking it and putting it into our pocket and like buying hot Cheetos. We are saving it for the podcast. So yep. go join Patreon so we can make the podcast better. You can follow us on social media at ISG Podcast. And we are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Oh, yeah. If you want to join us on our Facebook group, it's called the goddamn pod fam i don't even remember <laughs> too drunk for this shit you do that part if you want to join us on our facebook group it's called the goddamn pod group and it's mm-hmm. super fun and super active and oh, i love it there <laughs> and i love it there <laughs> <laughs> also if you want to snail mail us go to p.o box 2764 spring valley california 91979 Woo subscribe rate and review Yes, I was going to say that. Subscribe, rate, and review. And if you don't have an option to do so, if you're not a fucking Apple listener or whatever the fuck it is, if your app you use doesn't have that, then just shoot us an email or a tweet or whatever and just be like, you guys are crushing it. Because honestly, during these COVID times, that will help because it is a little stagnant. Yeah, because I am not getting any validation from my sweet, sweet jokes from people at work being like, huh. That was so funny back there. Good joke back there, Aaron. <laughs> yeah. So let us know you still love us. Yeah. Let us know that we're still entertaining. Oh, please. Dear God, please. Because it's a lot of work. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but I feel like it's only extra work because I'm going to blow my brains out from being at home all the time. Listen, we're not going to blow our brains out, though. We're going to have a good time. And this is great. And we're even doing it a day early today. Oh, yeah. Boom. I would... I would never, but I feel like I want to, you know? Yeah, like, could death really be worse? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, could it? 
<laughs> or could it be better? It, it's probably anyway. worse for anybody who's fucking on the fence. It's probably yeah, worse. Yeah, Don't do it. Yeah, it's totally worse. There's hotlines. Well, that was column. a terrible joke. A terrible joke. <laughs> We don't mean it at all. We really love you. We know that you love us also. You don't have to tell us, but we love it when you tell us. That makes us feel so special. All right. Is that all? On that begging note. I know. Later, losers. <laughs> <laughs>